Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are on this amazing day. This is Robert Bolden, Life Transformed, and it is time for Coffee and Christ. Getting started a little bit later this morning. We're actually at an Airbnb, getting ready to check out. And uh, I've got the dishwasher going, so if you hear a strange sound, that is what is happening in the background. So again, this is what uh, your glimpse into what I do every day. And on Thursdays, I record the Coffee and Christ. So let's jump right in here. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's from James 4, 7. Love that. Humble, your, humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Sounds pretty easy, doesn't it? Yes, it's, it's simple but not easy. <laughs> but I think for me, right, this is all about awareness. If, if you are now, and if you're listening to this, you're now aware that all you have to do is humble yourself before God. If you do that, you trust God with everything. You don't put anything above God. And then you resist the devil. Guess what? He's going to flee from you. And I have seen that in my life, and I love, love, love that mindset. So, if you haven't, I would just say try it. Just give it a try. And it's something you have to practice. You can't, you know, it isn't just going to happen overnight. You've got to really, really be uh, present in the moment each day. And just remember that. Always humble yourself before God. Resist the devil. Resist the temptations of the flesh. Right? And again, we're not going to be perfect at this. But the more you're aware, and the more you, at least for me, the more I'm aware of it, and the more I consciously become aware of it, the better I can do. And it just flows from there. It's really inspiring. Let's go to the devotional. What are you making? God has a special assignment for you. What is the number one goal of the Great Commission? Is it to win lots of people to Christ? Is it to feed the hungry? Is it to build big crowds or have wonderful Christian concerts? Is it to build big buildings and have a million followers? Is it to create a cure for COVID-19 or care for an elderly grandma? The answer is no, 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 and no. No, these are not the number one goals of the mission from God. What do, you think, what do you think the number one goal of the Great Commission is? Well, I would say, since it's to love, it's to love. That's what we do, is we love. Let's see if I'm, if I'm barking up the right tree or wrong tree, according to this devotional. Let's go back to the foundational Bible verse that set this whole mission into action. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What does this command mean to you? Notice God is not suggesting we disciple nations. He's commanding us to do it. That sounds so overwhelming if you're trying to make a living, care for children, run a business, or be happy. Would you agree the number one goal of the Great Commission is to make disciples of all nations? Yes, great. 
Yes, and I do think that. Make disciples. That's what that's what I always talk about. I guess Jesus said love God and love your neighbor. And the Great Commission was go make disciples. See, I messed that one up. That's all right. That's all good. No judgment. <laughs> all right? Don't judge me. Um, yes, it is to make disciples of all the nations. Yes, great. So do I. Now, we can ask the next logical follow-up question. How can a normal person like me make disciples of all nations? You can't do it alone, but you can do your part. God has a special assignment for you. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Love it, Romans 8, 28. I played several team sports as a youngster. Each team and sport had a distinct set of rules, but a common thread tied them together. Every player must find his or her position and assignment. The Great Commission requires us to find our positions, play for the team, and fulfill our assignments. Would you commit to finding your position and assignment? Will you commit to being part of the greatest mission of all time? Absolutely. It is so much fun. Join me if you're not already doing it. And if you are, message me, you guys, and, and we can compare notes. And maybe there's a, a way that we can work together to help this big commission. I love it. If you answer yes, then you truly become a miracle. Boom. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And based on this reading here, what is God saying to me? Continue to keep the mission of creating disciples number one, right? And just utilize my God-given gifts, right? To partner with others. I think that is the key. You know, and what I'm thinking is to really make that apparent. I think I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little inspiration here with life transformed and love spaces and places all around the world. I want to make that explicit, like in our elite mastermind and, and whatever we're doing, make that an explicit um, goal of what, we're, of what we're doing. So I am gonna put that in my notes. I think that is a great idea. Okay, let's go down here. Let's. Sorry, I'm. This is not good podcast content because I'm sitting here. Um, I'm actually taking a note here. What is today? Okay, chapter nine is next week. Um, goal is to. Disciples. 
Romans. 8.28, I believe. Yeah, I think it is. Anyway, okay. So this is this is what I do. If I if something strikes me like it has today, I'll go in and I'll take action and I'll put that in the appropriate place. And I think that's the key piece is to do it in the moment. If you have an inspiration to do something, you have to do it in the moment. Because if you're familiar with the five second rule, which is Mel Robbins, where she talks about if, you, if you're inspired to do something, you have to take some kind of action within five seconds or, or else you'll lose it. Um, so that is so powerful. So that's what I am doing right now is making sure... Yeah, Romans 8.28, I was right. Ha, ah, remembered that one. That's so good. All right, we're going to do... The next devotional as well. This is Navigating Transition. Ending well. Identity. Thank you, Father, for lavishing your great love upon me, your child. Change challenges our sense of identity. We have to let go of old ways of defining ourselves. Be the link, be they linked with our work, our age, our role, or our relationships. Yet our identity in Christ is unshakable. We are God's beloved children. Yes, I do an actual mastermind study on that whole topic. If you have your identity and the fact that you're a child of God, no one can take that away from you. So that is the most secure place to have your identity. So I firmly believe that. See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Woo, that is big. Um, you know, there's a definite line between this world and God's world. And, you know, reading through, and we'll get a little bit into the Old Testament here, reading Joshua now. Um, it's definitely God took such pains in the Old Testament in the beginning to make sure that people understood, you know, that God is, is who they should be honoring. And God is, is really everything that they needed. And to turn away from this world stuff. And that's the same message I'm getting here. That was from 1 John. I love it. So... Turn away from this world. And my identity is so excited I just think about my company and when we make we're going to make the, that Romans 8.28 that's going to be our explicit goal is to go make disciples and how are we going to do that through love spaces and places that is so good that's the missing link this is why I love 
doing this every day because the Holy Spirit is working, the Word is working. Uh, it's, that's why they call it the living word. See, this is so inspirational, and that is how it works. Love it. All right, let's go to Joshua. We're going to read uh, Joshua 24. The covenant renewed at Sheshem. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Sheshem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham. What a great dude Abraham was. Um, but I took your father Abraham and Nahor, Oops, sorry, including Terah and the father of Abraham. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I signed the hill country of Seir to Esau, but Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by, way, by what I did there. And I brought you out. When I brought your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. I brought you to the land of Amorites, who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them from before you, and you took possession of their land. When Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam, son of Beor, to put a curse on you. But I would not listen to Balaam. So he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you out of his hand. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did the Amorites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hittites, Gashites, Hevites, Jebusites, but I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet, I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you. Also, the two Amorite kings, you did not do it with your own sword and bow. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil, and cities you did not build, and you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. One of the famous uh, statements from Joshua, as for me, in my household, we will serve the Lord. So amazing. So we do have a choice, right? We all have a choice on, on who we're going to serve. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed these great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. 
He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. I love the way Joshua is really just uh, by the questions he's asking and the statements he's making. He's, he's having the people reinforce that they are going to follow God. Then Joshua said, okay, yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people have said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people. And there at Sheshem, he reaffirmed them decree. He reaffirmed for them decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. Then Joshua dismissed the people, each to their own inheritance. After these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the land of his inheritance at Timaserah, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gosh. Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had experienced everything the Lord had done for Israel. And Joseph's bones, which the Israelites had brought up from Egypt, were buried at Sheshem in the tract of land that Jacob brought, bought for a hundred pieces of silver from the sons of Hamor, the father of Sheshem. This became the inheritance of Joseph's descendants. And Eliezer, son of Aaron, died and was buried at Gibeah, which had been allotted to his son Phinehas in the hill country of Ephraim. So that is that is Joshua 24, the end of the book of Joshua. I'm going to read John Maxwell's um, thoughts as well. Um, the Law of Magnetism. Joshua says goodbye with convictions. Joshua's farewell speech urged Israel to stay passionately committed to God. Joshua reminded the people of God's faithfulness, warned them against disobedience, and concluded, But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Everyone followed Joshua's convictions during his lifetime, but he made them both attractive and magnetic. So that is the role we play, is to is to make this attractive and magnetic. It isn't about rules. It's truly about living a joyous life. <clears throat> Joshua provides a superb example of a leader whose faithfulness prompted God to raise him up. Over the three divisions of his life, 40 years in Egypt, 40 years in the wilderness, 30 years in Canaan, God gradually moved this trustworthy man into leadership. Note the signs of his faithfulness. Obedience, servanthood, loyalty, courage, promotion, responsibility, power, credibility. Joshua's faithfulness challenges us even today to lead as he did. Number one, live ahead of your contemporaries. Joshua spied out the same land at the same time as the other 10 spies, but he and Caleb returned with a different report. He lived ahead of his time. Love that. Don't necessarily follow the crowd. You have to look and live ahead of your time. Live above your circumstances. Joshua faced several challenges. He followed Moses. He had to conquer mighty Jericho. He had to cross the Jordan with more than one million people, but he did it. 
So again, that's where I think faith comes in, living above your circumstances. Don't let your circumstances dictate your mindset. Live deeper than your calamite. Calamities. Oh, sorry. Live deeper than your calamities. So funny. When Israel began to make progress in taking the promised land, some disobeyed God and brought defeat on the nation. Joshua overcame it all. And live beyond your capabilities. Joshua's dream, his determination, his ability to develop his leadership skills enable him to soar beyond his own personal gifts. Yeah, so everything is just, you know, John Maxwell talks about live ahead, live above, live deeper, and live beyond. And finally, uh, Joshua's leadership failed at only one major point. He left no Joshua to follow him as he had followed Moses. Joshua did not reproduce his leadership in someone else. Consequently, the book of Judges records a time of anarchy when everyone did as they saw fit. Ooh, that's what we have next, I bet. Yep, the book of Judges. Well, I'm excited to get into the book of Judges. So again, this this whole journey through the Old Testament, just understanding how God wanted to get his people off to a good start and, and, and just showing that he used ordinary people for this mission. It's really, really cool. Let's go to Miss Sarah Young. And the verse of the day. And I think, you know, thinking about Joshua again, he, you know, he followed Moses for all that time. And then he became, you know, Moses could only take, take the people so far. And Joshua reigned over the time when, when the Israelites took over many, many places. With God, of course, guiding the way. So he just, his faith was amazing. And Caleb's faith, you know, he was one of the two spies that went to the new land first and came back and, and was the first one that was positive versus the ten, ten spies who were negative. So it's Caleb and Joshua who were positive. So I just think having the faithfulness of Caleb is something that I'm taking away from the book of Joshua for sure. <clears throat> And today, March 25th, let thankfulness temper all your thoughts. A thankful mindset keeps you in touch with me. I hate it when my children grumble, casually despising my sovereignty. Thankfulness is a safeguard against this deadly sin. Furthermore, a grateful attitude becomes a grid through which you, you perceive life. Gratitude enables you to see the light of my presence shining on all your circumstances. Cultivate a thankful heart. This glorifies me and fills you with joy. It really does. I'm going to tell you, anytime life circumstance would throw you a curveball, just be grateful. Look around in that moment and just be grateful for what you see around you. And it'll transform your mindset in that moment. And do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably, acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And finally, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. What a good way to wrap up today, just in gratitude. So... 
I will pass that on to you. Share this episode. Robert Bolden, Life Transformed. This is Coffee and Christ. Every Thursday, I'll record this podcast for you. Share this with friends, with family, with whoever you think uh, could use this. What a great story. The story of Joshua in the Old Testament. And we're able to kind of go through a summary of that today. So... If you would like, I would love it if you would um, subscribe to this podcast. That would be wonderful. Share this podcast on your social media. Tell your friends about it. Uh, Go to life-transform.com and you can get a couple of teachings from me and you'll be on our email list. An email list will get you uh, lots of potential, well teachings, right, that I'm going to restart here next week when I get to Carolina. And then also you'll get um, special special offers for all the services that we provide. So until next time, Robert Bolden, Life Transformed, moving people, helping people go from isolation to community. That's what we do from this world's success to God's world's significance and have a great rest of your week.